Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode 15, my interview with Warren Peterson for SignificantMan.com. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to another episode of No Sitting on the Sideline Time Podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I'm a dad. And I want to say thank you for being here. I know as a dad and a parent, time is limited. Do you choose to spend time with me? I really mean watching me. This is a podcast about having a conversation what it means to be a dad and issues topic related to being a dad and a parent. I know as a dad, we're busy. We're always busy. And parents, we're always busy. We're going from one thing for another in today, daily tasks. We're busy people. This is a weekly podcast that it can be since community and conversation. I want to talk to you. You know, you, you mean you have a conversation about things on life. I really do appreciate you being here. On today's podcast, my guest is Warren Peterson from SignificantMan.com. We talk about a lot of different topics like, like why being important things in our life, being a significant man. Also, Connecting with our family and understanding your purpose and why in your life. A lot of great things in this interview, so let's jump right in. On today's podcast, my guest, Warren Peterson. He is the founder of SignificantMan.com. Welcome, Warren. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, something I'd like to get to know you. I think I read a little bit about you, and I, I thought I might ask that question. You talked a little bit, I started posting on Facebook or something about pizza. And are you a big fan of pizza? Oh, absolutely. Uh, born and raised in Chicago suburbs. Lived there until mid-40s when we decided it was time to move to Colorado. We wanted the mountains and the weather out here, but Chicago pizza will never, will never go out of, out of my system. So yeah, every, every day is National Pizza Day for me. That's not a bad thing, especially if it has a little bit of bacon and sausage on it. Uh, <laughs> it's really good stuff, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is... Um, what is one thing, I mean, your dad, your dad yourself, and what is one thing that you remember with your dad, something that brings back memories and something that you may, may help you when you father your children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably the, the primary thing that I've, I've been able to take away from my, from my father is his work ethic. Uh, he's been long, long since retired. He's, he's older in age now, and he's in, enjoying retirement quite a bit. But would be would be the work ethic. Um, he worked all the time as necessary. Did what he had to do to provide for his family. And I would I would say in terms of personal lessons, that's that's one that's always stuck with me forever. What is one thing that you remember, like you and your dad did together, that was like your thing? Um, we had a lot of fun in Scouts. So he, I was in. Boy Scouts, and, and he would spend some time there as, as one of the scout leaders. So we would go to different scouting events together. He'd you know spend the weekend camping with the troop and stuff like that. So that was that was always a lot of fun. Did you make those little cars? They sit down the uh, ramp and then you know, race them. Yeah, we did those. Those were more. Yeah, those were Cub Scouts. I think if I can remember. Far, yeah, they're Cub Scouts because that's what my son's doing now. <laughs> yeah, those were those were Cub Scouts. Yeah, that was that was fun too. 
Well, um, one thing I'd like to ask you: What is um, the your website about? What is mm-hmm. what is your mission? So, m- my mission is to help men to become significant men. And what I mean by that is, when I was first founding that, when I was first working on that, for quite a while, I was focusing on on success, which is where I think men tend to gravitate towards kind of immediately is is success, but. As I was talking with more and more men, it became quite apparent that success is a little bit of, of an incorrect end goal. Um, we can be really, really successful in our lives and still pretty miserable. We can have everything that the world would consider to be necessary and be successful and still be hurting inside. You know, we, we've seen far too many stories of celebrities that we would think have everything, committing suicide. Um, so suicide rates in men are quite high through the roof. And so the idea of chasing after success, although it seems a little bit like it's what we're supposed to be doing, isn't actually the right goal. So I, I went and I dug a little bit deeper, at least for myself and, and the men that I've worked with. And what we were really determined we're after is significance in our lives. And that can happen whether we happen to have what the world considers to be successful stuff or not. You know, somebody could be... Um, just regular, everyday, middle America, middle class kind of guy, and he could he could lead a really significant life. Could be a rich guy. He could lead a you know lead a significant life. It's it's really what is he doing with his life? What kind of legacy is he building? How is he leading his children? How is he connecting with his wife? Um, you know what's what's the overall world like him or a world that he's in like you know is it good is it chaotic that sort of thing and and just leading towards the, that idea of becoming a significant man which is <laughs> that's why that's the title of my book it's just it's exactly like an exact on the nose title of what what i try to do and that that's really where that where that all originated from was it, it started teaching and talking about success but then that just gravitated towards significance instead I one thing I really you touched on a minute ago about depression, how it's very high in men. Um, yep. Have you suffered yourself from depression? Um, I, yeah, I, I was almost the reason I was pausing there is I almost was going to say unfortunately, but my my perspective on that has changed over the over the years. So you know, if you had you asked me this question years ago, I would have said unfortunately, kind of with a little bit of woe is me in my in my answer. I'm I'm actually grateful for that right now because it allows me to connect and understand better, you know, with with guys who are going through that in a way that I couldn't have otherwise. There's there's a big difference between academic awareness, you know, theory and practically having lived through it. So I absolutely have. It sucked. It was a horrible time, but um, I'm actually grateful that I that I had that happen during my life. It's um it's um. One thing I wondered, I read a little because I read a little bit of your postings on Facebook. I mean, you were posting mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of quotes and stuff from your book. And, um, and I'm one thing I'm wondering, I think I read something you mentioned that your grandfather had an influence on you. What was that all about? Um, yeah, well, I had, I, my, I had my one grandfather until I was about six. So he was, he was more of the fun, playful grandpa because I was quite young when he passed away. Uh, my other grandfather is... Uh, was who I mentioned my own my own dad. It's his his dad. Uh, he was a farmer back in Illinois, and that's probably where 
at least in the generations that I had personal contact with, that's where the work ethic started for me, was seeing him working on the farm. Uh, I got to go there when I was when I was very young and, you know, play around with the tractors and all the, all the other fun stuff. But um, that was, um, that you know, always knowing that he was doing the same. He was providing for his family. He, he was a, a, a single farmer. You know, this was way before the idea of corporate farming existed. So it was him up early, work all day, go to bed late. And, you know, that was always impressive. What is um? What was it like working on the farm? Though was it hot days? Or you like was it corn, carrots, potatoes? What was on the farm? I was curious. Um, um, mostly mostly vegetation. You know, corns and uh, corn and yeah, carrots and some potatoes, stuff like that. He didn't have cattle or things like that, other than what they needed for their own family. So you know, he had chickens and stuff, but it was for the family. They weren't um, they weren't breeding to sell or anything like that. My work was mostly um, helping, you know, so I, you know, I was the kid who painted the fence. I was the guy who helped fix the barn, you know, barn door and broke and that stuff. Well, it's funny. My, my son right now, he loves trucks. He loves anything to do with trucks. So and we always watch that. It's like a TV show on YouTube or something. And there's always attractors. I'm like, oh, he wants, and he can name all the parts and the hydraulics. It's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially, especially kids. What is one moment that you you can think of your kids that you enjoyed something that you really stands out in your mind. Oh, just one. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can pick, you can pick two or three, whatever you want. I just, I figured there's, um, I can tell you a recent story about my son, but we'll get, we can have that. But, um, well, you know, I have, I have four kids and being a dad and being connected with them has been important to me since day one. It's, it's obviously part of what my own, my own work is the, the importance of being a father. So I've been very involved in their lives since they were born. Um, you know, being, being an entrepreneurial man, having some control over my hours and things like that. Uh, we, we, we are a homeschooling family. So I, I spend great amount of time with my kids and we get to do all, all sorts of fun stuff. One, one memory that, that sticks out, this was a, this was a lot of fun for, for the kids as well. And it was, um, they don't, they didn't, they don't know, but they're not going to be surprised as they're older to learn. One day when we were homeschooling, I had planned this ahead of time with my wife. I said, you know, the weather is going to be beautiful tomorrow. I'm going to tell the kids in the morning that it's too nice to do school and we have to go to the zoo. So, uh, so, you know, we had that, uh, planned ahead of time. And the, the following day, you know, we, we sat down as if we were going to pretend our schoolwork. And then I just looked out the window said exactly that i said it's far too nice out for us to do school let's go to the zoo and we just packed up our stuff and went to the zoo and had a had a great time so that that's just one one memory but i've tried to do stuff like that with the kids since they were born so i have have lots of those but that that's a fun one that kind of sticks out what is um i guess i mean i know i had it as a dad that's when my son was born and um what is one fear of your dad? One that sticks you up. I mean, I think every dad goes through that, I guess. Do you have any fears that stand out in, in, in your mind? As a, as, as a father? Yes. Um, well, I think, I think myself and every other, every other dad is, is concerned that we're not doing a good enough job. You know, we, we, we want to do, especially as men, we're, we're performance oriented. We're do oriented. We're action oriented. And we want to make sure we're doing the job of being a dad 
to the best of anyone on the planet, let alone our own ability. You know, that's kind of the standard that many of us have. And of course, then we're concerned that we know that we're human. <laughs> we can't live up to that standard. You know, we're, we're worried. Are we, are we too strict? Are we too lenient? Um, are we just, are we just becoming the dad who only hangs out to play now and then and leaves everything else to mom? Um, stuff like that. So, but for, for me, Personally, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing doing the best job that I can. And as the kids get older, the relationships change, and that's where you you start to morph more into kind of a friendship mentoring role versus a straight parenting role, because your kids are becoming adults themselves. And you know, each one of those transitions has its own unique challenges. As soon as you're prepared for the one part of being <laughs> being a dad. They keep growing up and you end up into the next part of being a dad. You know, you have toddlers and you, you know that they have their own challenges. Then you have young kids, then you have teenagers and then college, you know, and every, every one of those phases, they're different. And it's, it's learning a whole new way of interacting with your kids each time. Well, it's funny you say that. My son just turned um, three, he's three and a half now. It's like, it's three going on 30. Daddy, no, <laughs> daddy, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. He's like the negotiator. He's just... He knows everything with me, and it's funny you say seasons, because I watch him growing from this little baby. It looked like a clay with a head on it, and then all of a sudden it grows, grows, starts talking, and then it has its own mind, and I'm like, mm-hmm. years old. You mean, seriously? <laughs> you can't even drive yet. <laughs> oh, but he wants to. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. <laughs> um, one thing, I, I read a few of the quotes from your books, and then um, I'm wondering, what, how, what is it? How do you build a legacy? A legacy is a dad. I just care. Because um, I'm always figuring and trying to figure that out myself, too, because we go day by day and, and, and just do the things we need to do, but we don't really think about the future. And I'm wondering what your thoughts on that is. Yep. So that's, a, that's obviously a, a big one. And that's, that's important to me. It's important to my work is, is that concept and that idea. And what that ties to, back to one of your earlier questions where I was discussing the difference, at least as I see it, between success and significance. And I think that those are, those questions are, they're, they're tied together. Um, and what I, what I mean by that is the guy who leads a, le- leaves a legacy, it, it really has nothing to do with his material wealth. Um, it has nothing to do with, with the stuff that he's accumulated over the years it's, it's very much tied to how he leads other people, how he leads his own family, the relationships that he's created over the years, um, the, the values and the morals that he's instilled in his own kids, the, the stuff that will last after we're gone. And we all know that the things are gone, right? We can, uh, you know, I'm a, I happen to be a fan of a Ferrari. I don't own one. I don't own one, but I, I may, I may one day, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's a good, <laughs> good investment or not, but, but um, you know, I die, that's gone. Of course, I can leave it to somebody in a will, but that's somewhat irrelevant. It's, it's gone. But how I interact with people, how I build relationships, how, how I impact people's lives while I'm here, um, that, that's the stuff that really matters. And that's where, that's where legacy comes from. And you can do that intentionally. You know, we, we, tend, we, we intentionally build 
those other things. We intentionally have a career or a job or whatever to, to build our income. We intentionally might be working on an investment portfolio. We intentionally might be acquiring other assets. That That's all pretty straightforward for most men. We may or may not be where we want to be at the moment, but we kind of get what we're supposed to be doing. The legacy side is the one that we don't understand. And that's that's where it comes into play are, are the, the relationships that we've built, the way that we've impacted people's lives, and how we're leading our own families. How, um, another thing, too, and it seems like you is, and, and you're a faithful person. How does, faith, mm-hmm. how does faith play in your part in your family, in your life? Um, it's, it's, it's a big part. And to me, it's, it's somewhat of a necessity because – uh, you know, in, in your prior question where I'm, men- I'm mentioning, you know, your, your values, your morals and that sort of thing. And without getting into a big theological conversation, to me, that re- that requires a degree of faith. You need if you don't view your world as having any impact beyond the world that you're in right now, it's very hard to build something bigger than that. That isn't just monetary wealth. That isn't just the physical stuff that you can leave behind. Um, so I, I find those go hand in hand. I find it's, it's difficult to become who you really want to become in your, on your own journey, on your own path without the faith component. Do you think that sometimes as dads and, and, and since we get so busy and so involved in things, do we lose our why? Cause I think sometimes, I mean, I, right now I'm going through the season of my life and, and being so busy, I lose my why. Is that possible? Do you think or losing your why? Like your power is it possible? Yes. Yeah, I would. I would say almost everybody goes ha, deals with that, and I would say that many don't get back to it. You know, if I'm if I'm talking to guys, um, that that's usually up in the up in the top of the conversation is well, I I really don't know what my purpose is. I really don't know what my why is. I don't know what my mission is because. And, and, you know, I like that a lot of these questions are all, all kind of tied to the same themes. And same one here, if, if you tell a guy your why is to make money so your family can buy stuff, you're like, okay, I got it. You know, that, that's like as clear cut as it can be. And as men, sometimes that's all we want. You know, we just want, give me the answer. You know, we, what, is, what is my thing? Just write it down and I'll do it. That's occasionally I talk with ladies and that's what I try to tell him. I said, if you tell him what to do, he'll do it. <laughs> if you imply, he has no idea what you imply. <laughs> but if you tell him, it'll be done. Um, but, and so we, we view that for ourselves and our own stuff. And so I, I would say that, yes, I would say that almost every man at some point will go through that period of, of kind of losing focus of, his why losing focus of his, of his mission, of his purpose. And, and it's, it's tough when you're in that, that ends up even tying back into your, into your prior question about depression. You know, that's a, that's a reason for many men. They're like, I don't know why I'm doing any of what I'm doing. You know, I don't know what, what, what is the point, you know, what is this all for that? That's all, that's all tied together. So I I think that's extraordinarily common. I, I would guess that virtually everyone who who is hearing this ha- Hold on, as at some point or is right now having that same question? Is it, yeah, we lost you. I lost you for a second. Um, for like, oh, sorry. Well, there's no problem. And um, okay. what is wonder, I'm wondering? It's interesting. Is um, and I, I I thought about it while you were talking about um, and um, and I found podcasting and, and it opened up my mind and meeting different people like you yourself. 
and other people, and I feel like, and then a whole new world opens up. And but I can understand, I can understand being stuck. I I I, I totally understand. Until I found podcasting, <laughs> and um, so what do you, you're not? You said you're an entrepreneur. What is what is an entrepreneur mean to you? I know it must be awesome to stay home with you. I mean, be home with your kids and and spend time with them and talk to them and be part of their lives. What is what is an entrepreneurial life as a dad? What is that like? A kind of what you just encompassed, actually. That's that's one of the primary drivers is the is the freedom to be able to do that the the ability to be able to if you decide you want to take a day off and go to the zoo you just go there's no one to call into there's no one to check with there's no one to to run it by to get approval from um you just go and i I think that that freedom aspect if i were if i were to summarize for most entrepreneurs and can't speak for all of them but for most I would say that 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 freedom aspect is is a primary driver. Um, the the reality of of business will dictate that that the the entrepreneur who has the great idea and makes it work and becomes a millionaire overnight. I think everybody is mature enough to realize that's not that's not reality. Um, you can do great, you can do well, but business is business. The the freedom side of it, the freedom aspect of it. Uh, being able to be in control of your future and control of your destiny, being able to have those moments with your family whenever you want, uh, not being tied to taking spring break on the week that the school says you can, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, I, I would say that's the, that that's for me, that was and continues to be a primary driver. And I think for a lot of guys, it's the same. It's the freedom aspect. And another thing I'm talking, you're talking about living life with no regret. I mean, I guess like you know, I remember listening to Steve Jobs' uh, little video video about um, living life. I think it was like living life with no regret. I'm not really sure quite words. I don't have them in front of me. But um, what do you mean by that? What is living life with no regret? Because in the end, it is the end. And I guess that's. And then we and we go back and look at our life, going all the things we could have done. So I, I see mm-hmm. I see you as a dad, and it's very inspiring that you can spend time with your kids and be home with your kids. So um, I guess. I'm not saying you live in no, I don't know what re, no regret means to you. That's what I'm trying to get at. So, so no regret to me would be that you do get to that end of your life and you don't really have a big list of things you wish was different or wish were, were different in your life. Um, of course, everybody always has things they look back and go, you know, what about that? Or what if I had done that? Or what about that? Um, so there's, you know, that, that would be an impossibility to be, be on that particular viewpoint. But, it's there are far too many stories out there of men who who seem like they have done well with everything who are sitting there on their deathbed and all that's in their mind are the things they screwed up the things they wish they could have done differently the things they wish they could go back in time and change it's it's those sorts of things that you want to try to address now you know if you're if you're able to it kind of when i think about that i think about time and money i mean i can buy like for example i can buy my son all the toys that whatever he wants but you yep. know, it, it in in reality really wants my time and when you're saying that it made me think about that i mean time is more important i, I made a decision a couple of weeks ago that no more toys it's going to be experiences and time so with dad instead of buying it and, I, and it, it made me think about that Yes, and that's the number one regret that most men have is that they wish they would have spent more time doing the stuff that actually mattered instead of working a hundred hours a week to earn an, an extra hundred dollars. That that's the 
that's really, if you were to kind of summarize it, it would just be that, that they, that they felt they didn't focus, they didn't have the right priorities during their lives. And, you know, now at the end, you can't go back. You don't get the time back. Well, you said priorities. Do you, um, do you have like a goals? Do you have a family goals? Do you, do you set like, um, every year do you guys sit down and go, this is what we're going to do this year in family goals. Is it, is that important to you guys or? Um, I, we, we don't do that that much cause we're, we're all kind of on the same path. So in, 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 you know, we have a little bit of a unique situation <laughs> in that, you know, the, the kids, my wife, myself, you know, we, we can we're, we're, we're heading on, on the same path. So our conversations tend to be around, around beyond the path. Um, for, for a lot of men, they've never had those conversations with their, with their wives at all. You know, what do you want the future to look like? What do you want? Um, what do you want to do in two years and five years and things like that? Um, I, I think that that's critically important. I think that most men are somewhat afraid of that conversation with their wife. Um, cause they think that, that their, their wives won't understand, but they do. You know, our, our wives want our happiness just as much as we want their happiness. Um, so it's, an, it's important to have those conversations and get that out in the open and get everybody on the same page moving in the same direction. It almost realizes if, um, if they're not on the same direction, if they don't have those conversations, and then you can really head down a path that you got, that's not a good path to go, like divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or if not that, that's where the, that's where the, uh, the roommates thing comes into play, where you have... You know, a couple that's married, and and then uh, in my case, since I talk with the guys, I, I hear it a lot. It's, I, w- I wish my wife wasn't my roommate, and that that's a big part of it. Is you have you have different expectations, different goals, different priorities, you know, different places that you're wanting to go, and so you're actually heading in opposite directions. That's a, that's a, that's a true thing. No, I really want to ask you because I'm afraid of video, sure. and I'm really interested in what you do on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would you like to ask? How is uh, how is the response you're getting from all the little video, all the videos you do on YouTube, and uh, do you do also Facebook Live too? I don't do Facebook Live yet. I don't do don't do YouTube Live yet at the moment. Um, I may. That seems to be the way that the world of video is going. Um, the the platforms themselves are are pushing that. That's what they that's what they want. Um, I don't know if I'll do the live thing. I, not sure if that's other than maybe like live Q and A's and things like that. Just, just chatting with people that, that might be kind of fun, but the, I like to do the videos where I'm, where I have had time to really think about what it is that I want to share. Um, they're all, they're all pretty short videos from just a, a couple minutes. I think the longest one I have is like eight or nine minutes. Um, but that, that's been a lot of fun. It's, it's relatively new. So I don't have a ton of interaction on there yet. I don't, I don't actively promote that anywhere. Part of that is because I'm just getting comfortable with my own messaging on, uh, on that channel. But it's, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. It's definitely a, definitely a, a different thing. Like I'm, I'm talking behind a mic and I have no video on. It seems a little bit easier because um, I'm not the worry about video. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's um, something that's always a challenge and always scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, well, it's it's different. You know, I like I love public speaking. I love being on a stage. You know, I'm I'm happy to be the the person that's getting recorded, as long as I actually feel like I have something to say. That you know, like 
that's why I was saying on, li- on the live thing. I see, I see guys get on live and they just kind of are chatting. That, that wouldn't be my thing. I want to, I want to, I want to have a point to make if I'm going to take somebody's time. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. That's good. I mean, that's why I'm like, I'm like right now I'm going, ah, I don't think I want to say that. It, what I had for lunch today or what I'm doing tomorrow. It's not important. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they don't need, I know I had McDonald's. So, um, yeah. Wrapping it up, I guess we talk a little more. Um, we're wrapping up. What is the final thoughts? Final things you want to talk today, and where we can find your book, and where we can find you. So yeah, as we're as we're wrapping up, you know, one of the things that I was I was going back through um, one of the chapters I have in my book is as it relates to to dads and parenting, and there, there's there's stuff in there kind of all sprinkled throughout for parenting. But one of the chapters is called "Let Them Fall," and this is a, a lesson that I think, especially today with a lot of younger parents, uh, especially moms as well, although the book isn't written for moms, it's written for dads, and, and the overprotective nature uh, that, we, that we happen to have. We need to, to learn to let our kids fall. It's okay when they fall. And the lessons that they learn are about how they get back up. And the example that I have in, in the book and what I would reiterate here is, you know, when you're in the playground, kids are going to fall. It's part of being on the playground. They, they fall down. They might even cry. They might even get scrapes and cuts and bruises. And that's all part of being a kid. And it's all okay. And what a parent needs to do, and especially if we're there as dad and we're being in our protector role, we want to make sure that nobody gets hurt. But it it really is important to let your kids fall down. And it's important to let them get back up on their own, not to rush over and pick them up all all by yourself and, you know, make sure they, they, they were not traumatized in any manner. You know, it's, it's important that they experience what is it like to fall down and important and also important. These go hand in hand is what is it like to get back up on your own when you do fall down? That's, that's a very important lesson. I think, I think we're kind of going away from that sort of thing. And it's unfortunate we're, we're raising kids that don't know how to fall and don't know how to pick themselves back up. So that, that would be kind of just a general, general takeaway point as it relates to, to us as dads and trying to be fa- better fathers and so on. Um, the, the book is called Becoming a Significant Man. It's at Amazon. It'll be at uh, Barnes & Noble in about a month, depending on when, when this goes live. Um, but it's going to be in, in bookstores. It'll be all over the world. That's the, the publishing agreement is it's going to be a global release. And I'm really, really looking forward to it, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to mention that here and to chat with you today. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it, and uh, good luck with your book, my friend. Thanks, Todd. Have, have a good one. Thanks. Well, that's all we have for this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. And I really want to say thank you to Warren Peterson from SignificantMan.com to being on the podcast. You can find the links to Warren in the show notes in you can also find a link for his book, too. You can find all the show notes over at nosittingonthesideline.com. Please comment on the podcast. Any comments, anything you want to say, it's constructive. And it helps feedback helps me improve the show. And if you want to say hello, I really do appreciate it because this is the whole point about this podcast. I want to connect with you and have a conversation. You can find all my social media and emails at no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. You can find my Twitter, my um, Facebook, email contact, where so you can sign up for the newsletter. And I really do want to reach out. I want to, I want to connect with you. 
I want to say thank you for, for your time. Until next time, have fun. Get involved with your, your children and keep moving forward. It's worth it. You know what? Give them a hug. Tell them you love them. Until next time, see ya. for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Music.